A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim, and uh, the topic of our podcast today is the cross-dressing cannibal Hayden Clark, a man who was responsible for up to 15 murders back in the 1970s and 1980s. Before we talk about his dastardly deeds, let me introduce the crew. I'm proud to introduce a lady uh, that is uh, loved both far and wide, a woman who is uh, known for, well... I don't know what she's known. What is she known for there, Carl? My charitable good works. Um, I believe her promiscuity, her evilness, and her um, general bad nature. No, no. Well, no, she did. She did have quite a reputation when she was a younger woman. She did. Oh, she this did. Is what we're going to do now? Uh, she was known. She had a nickname in high school, and it was Boner Garage. Boner there. Garage. Glad you got that out. And no. um, she was. Uh, they would, you know, guys in the neighborhood would kind of be out there with their little. Red flags waving with a little vests on, uh-huh. with waving, the vests on. Yeah. waving people to the Bono Garage, mm-hmm. and they would, uh, you know, charge well, you know eight dollars the whole day. Eight dollars a day, it, and it was it was only five dollars if you got in early. Yeah, so. early bird special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they had a special event, and, <laughs> and she had the handicap van discount. <laughs> yeah, so there was so, that. So, so was it, it? She's a she's basically a two car Bono Garage. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. But. How do you feel about that, Brandy? Are you about done? <laughs> We're also joined by the very distinguished and honorable, a man who has so many titles it's hard to keep track of anymore. Mm. The Early uh, would Sir, be one of them. Sir Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters the third, affectionately known as Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? It couldn't be better, Timmy. It's a it's a it's a rainy day in Cincinnati, Timmy. It is. It's very rainy here. It's been hot, it's been sunny, it's been yeah. humid. Now today rainy. it's cooled off and raining and it's just just nice outside. So, Colonel, do you have any shout-outs before we get started? I got a bunch of shout-outs. Are you running through them? Got a new listener, Amber okay. Croup. I okay. believe she's new. Okay. First, first one. Um, got new. Met a new listener at the dog park, but I'll get into that one. Okay. I got. We Can't got. Wait. Um, Tara Venezuela, of course. Yeah. And that's not her real last name, but no. I like to call her that. It's Tara, though. I hear. Stephanie Quick, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trisha Hillard. Um, John White, how you doing? Uh, let's see. We got Jennifer Burdett. Mm-hmm. Shannon Rossett, Sydney and Michael, Sydney Saint and Michael. Okay. Shout out to them. Of course, the lovely Lady Beverly, who is watching 
and the proper name for the sport is soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, watching football. Bated breast, yes. And Did I say bated breast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Beverly. And she's um, waiting on the Brexit vote, vote today. She is. The Brexit vote's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, um, lovely Dottie. Mm-hmm. My mom. As always. And we have a new listener, April. Um, don't know what April's name is, but I've met April at the dog park. Um, she had a beautiful German Shepherd, mm-hmm. um, and I she her German Shepherd's name was Dexter. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Oh, that's you know." And, and, and the Dexter was just beating the hell out of Rudy. Mm-hmm. They like to play rough. Rudy likes to play rough, and Dexter liked to play rough. So Rudy just got the hell knocked out on. But he had a good time, and uh, so I so I she calls Dexter. And she looks at me kind of sheepishly and says, I kind of have a, I always had a weird fascination with serial killers. Oh. So I told her about the podcast. She got on She's our, our kind of She pulled girl, up her uh, lady woman. thing and subscribed to our channel mm-hmm. um, and gave me her information in case I ever wanted to meet on a dog date. Uh-huh. With uh, Dexter and With dog Dexter. date. What's yeah. Dexter and uh, Rudy? Dexter and said, Rudy. Oh, can I bring my wife along? She'll love that. I we talked about our children and our you yeah, know why not? Mm-hmm. The colonel is above board. He's not. Could you? But, do you have to make? Her, do you have to make everything dirty? The colonel is never above board. Her name was April. Lovely, lovely girl. She's about April. Uh, thank you for joining us. And if you like serial killers, definitely uh, um, stick around because that seems that all we talk about here. Why do you got to turn everything dirty? Yeah. You know. Everybody, you know the people who always think somebody's going to steal something. They're the criminals. They are. You know, you know when everybody steals my shit. I wonder why I would think that. Um, so let me give a shout out to Alicia and Ship. Thank you for your support on Patreon. We certainly appreciate it. I also have shout outs to Nicola, Lydia, Shannon, Larry, Tasha, and Katya. Tasha and Katya. Gotcha. Yeah, we thank you for your activity on the page. And for Laura for giving us the uh, secret word of the day, which, of course, was... Uh, boner Garage. Boner Garage. So mm-hmm. we, had the, we got that one. We got the Boner uh-huh. Garage in early, Colonel. We got a Boner in early. <laughs> we got... Gross. Yeah. Perfect. All right, let's talk about Hayden Clark. This psycho, he's got a lot of shit going on. Uh, he's a unicorn. He is. He's a trifecta, a serial killer, a cross-dresser, and a cannibal. I mean, you know, that's payday. You, find, you only find one of those in nature. I know, man. This is this is payday. We I'm might like, do a story on just one oh, of yeah, those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not cross-dressing. I, that's pretty common. But cannibal or serial killer, yeah. Who the hell are you hanging around with that that's pretty common? Ah, uh, well, I'm just, just saying. We know it's uh, common at your house. Um... Uh, I would like to thank Carol G. for recommending uh, this story because this guy is a pretty fucked up character. Hayden Clark was his name. Hayden uh, Irving Clark was born on July 31st, 1952 in Troy, New York. He came from a prominent family. His grandfather served as mayor of White Plains, New York, and his father had an MBA and PhD in chemistry his father actually helped invent clear clinging plastic wrap Ooh. and fire retardant carpeting. Well, the plastic wrap has been a big thing for serial killers ever since. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, you know, fire retardant carpeting is always good to have. 
Yeah, but they could call it fire challenge carpeting. I don't like that retarded <laughs> word. Developmentally yeah. disabled carpeting. Touched. Uh, Hayden was his second child. Uh, his parents wanted a girl. Mm. And when his, uh, his, both of his parents were alcoholic, and when his mother's, mother would drink, she'd often dressed him in girls' clothing. Mm-hmm. And she would call him Christian. Uh, Sister Christian. I guess, Christian. I like what his dad called him. Yeah, you will get to that. I saw that. Hayden had problems with anger at an early age. <laughs> you uh, think? Yeah. When he was three years old, Hayden rammed his brother, brother with, with a bike, which caused his brother to fall and hit his head on the sidewalk. Uh, Hayden hurried home to tell his mother. Her, his mother's name was Flavia. Well, first of all, Hayden Hayden's brother needs to sack up and have some better reflexes. Well, he ran to tell his brother, there's been an accident, but don't worry, the bike is okay. <laughs> so he, he had a problem with empathy even at the age of yeah. three, it seems. His brother, meanwhile, was bleeding uh, profusely and required 15 stitches in his head. Hayden's mother uh, blamed his strange behavior on bad forceps used during his delivery. That's crap. Which she said uh, gave him a head injury. She took him to the Yale University's Child Study Center at the age of four, so they knew something wasn't right. Uh, well, maybe because you put a dress on the son bitch. <laughs> I mean, right. you're riding around the neighborhood on your bike in a dress. People, you're gonna have anger issues after people mess with you for a while. You would think the doctor said he. Uh, the doctor told him that he had cerebral palsy and perhaps some mild brain damage. So his father father started referring to him as the family retard. <laughs> Dad is a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his mom's putting him in dresses at, uh, and calling him Christian, and his dad is calling him the family retard. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. He's the garter belt fits. Yeah. <laughs> now, he did not do well in school academically or socially. He fell two grades in elementary school. Jeez. I don't know. How can you do, how do, you do that? Fell crayons or something? <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't stay in the line. He didn't play well with others. <laughs> I don't know. He was bullied and teased a lot by the neighborhood children, uh, and he retaliated uh, by decapitating yeah. the pets of the children who teased him. Clearly, shit. Well, I bet they don't fuck with him anymore. Now that's where he just dr- got to draw a line. <laughs> he went like straight Godfather on some people, <laughs> yeah. leaving yeah. the cats yeah. in yeah. the bed. Straight yeah. up Godfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also uh, started setting traps for stray animals. And when he'd catch them, uh, all sorts of stray animals, cats, dogs, squirrels, whatever, he would torture them, dissect them, and torture torture them and dissect them. Uh, but he did have one pet that he liked. It was a raccoon who he taught how to sit on top of his head. Nice. That's pretty... That's well, then he could wear it as a I don't know if he, I don't know if he taught the raccoon to sit on his... The raccoon to sit on his own head, or he taught the raccoon to sit on oh. Hayden's head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, if the raccoon was sitting on his own head, that would be something. So that, would be a better, yeah. that would be a better deal. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Hayden had an abusive childhood. That would have to be a Chinese raccoon. Uh-uh. <laughs> Chinese gymnast raccoon. Both of his parents were alcoholics, as I mentioned, and uh, they fought uh, physically in front of the children all the time, and um, they were abusive to the kids as well. Growing up, his mother continued to dress him in frilly girls' clothing and to dress him as Christian. His father continued to refer to him as the retard, even in front of others who out in and outside the home. Well, yeah, it doesn't sound like any kind of decorum's going to stop him. No. When Hayden was 13, he was involved in a peeping Tom incident 
that resulted in the police um, coming and charging him. Uh, his father tried to um, uh, beat it out of him by uh, beat the evil out of him by savagely beating him with a belt uh, and putting him in scalding uh, bathtub water. So ah, you can't go full retard. No, you can't. Or peeping tom. Well, and ain't nothing. Ain't nothing creep people out like a retard peeping in your windows. Oh my god. Yeah, because they don't know when to look away. Yeah, they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. Ain't nothing ruining a romantic mood either, like a pe- retard peeping yeah. in a window. So, um, when he in 1964, when he was 14, is when Hayden claims to have murdered his first victim. He says it was a boy, although that's never been substantiated. Um. He confessed years later to this crime and said his father helped him cover it up. But, that, again, that's never been substantiated. In 1972, uh, when Hayden was 21, he graduated from high school. He was the oldest person in his graduating class. 25. Thank God, 21. 21, 21 years old. Some bitch was by At least he graduated. How he did. Let's, let's silver lining that. Yeah. In 1973, he uh, enrolled in the prestigious Culinary Institute of America, a two-year chef school in Hyde Park, New York. Ooh, fancy. He did okay in school, but he had some problems getting along with classmates uh, because he exhibited odd behavior. When his classmates would do things that he would not like, he would often urinate in the vats, a vat of mashed potatoes in retaliation. That's so, hold right. on. That's clearly the way you need to go. That's that yellow stuff that says it's... I always thought that was butter. Yeah, nope. nope. It was Hayden. Yeah. Tinkle. Um, so, after graduation, because he graduated from st- such a prestigious culinary school, he had his pick of jobs. The problem was he he couldn't keep him because of his strange behavior. Between 1974 and 1982, he had 14 different jobs. Um, he was fired from three jobs in the early 1970s for cross-dressing at work, mm. and he become belligerent with customers and his co- co-workers. So, uh, yeah, he's he had a lot going on. Um, so, uh, one of his jobs in the early 70s was uh, at a place called Providence Town on Cape Cod. Uh, that's where he would again later confess to killing several women and drinking their blood. Ooh. Uh, he buried one, uh, one of the women under a sand dune after chopping off her hands at the wrist. Ugh. Uh, he used her finger as bait for fishing. Oh, okay, sure. But well, those are good for if you're looking for certain You have to use of. every part of the person. You and you can snack on them for well, finger, if you use for liver, finger food. You're going to get catfish. Food. If you get the fingers, you're going to get the piranhas. Ears will catch walleye. Mm-hmm. And, and the legs will always get sharks. Yes. Okay, so during this time, uh, Hayden's grandfather died. I feel like his, we're not being heard. And his grandmother entered a nursing home no. due to poor health. Mm, sorry to hear that. His parents would divorce, and the father died of cancer in 1980. And then for years later, Hayden would go to his father's um, grave and, and sleep. And piss on his grave. No, I thought he was going to pee on it, too. No, he would sleep next to his dad's well, grave. that's creepy and weird. Yeah. In 1983, uh, Hayden joined the U.S. Navy. He's a seaman. He became a seaman. Uh, One of millions. He became a deck cook uh, for the Navy. A deck cook. Deck. Deck. Oh, my bad. Deck um, he did not get along well with his shipmates. Shocking. Um, he made several sexual advances toward uh, one of the sailors. Uh, and uh, when a number of his fellow seamen 
Was it a boy semen he made a pass at or a girl semen? Well, when they found out that Hayden had been making passes at an, another sailor and they found out that he was wearing uh, women's underwear under oh. his uniform, well, they beat the shit out of him. That's none of anybody's business. And they locked him in the meat freezer for three hours. Uh, sack up. Well, also in the Navy, Hayden experienced a concussion uh, when he his head was banged against a air uh, against an aircraft carrier deck. Did he hmm. meet the village people? I don't know. Or Cher. He may have met Cher on that. He day. might have met Cher. Mm-hmm. I think and he's closer to meeting the village people, though. In 1984, his younger brother, Brad, was a rebellious teenager and became involved in drugs. Wouldn't you? Although he received two university degrees and was highly thought of in the new world of computers, um, the Clark gene would get the best of him. In 1984, his brother Brad, was, uh, after a night of drinking and drugging, uh, murdered his date, Oh, a hmm. beautiful 29-year-old uh, woman named Patricia Make, um, after banging her head against a brick cinder block and strangling her. He cut her body up in 11 pieces in the ba- his bathtub. He cooked part of her breast on the barbecue grill. The brother did this? Ate them. This is his brother. And then stuffed the remaining body parts into a plastic bag. Uh, later, Hayden, uh, like Hayden who would do later, he intended to bury the body, but uh, he grew remorseful, attempted suicide, and then finally called the police. He received 15 years to life and as of this writing, he's still serving time in the Pleasant Valley State Prison in California. He that woman's boob. This, this is his brother. Mm-hmm. This is his brother. Right. Well, you had chicken breast, and now you got Craigslist breast. Yeah, but it's all fat and gristle. Oh, um, that, that's soft and... It's fat. If you be if no, if you if you well, marinate them correctly, no, I would use barbecue sauce. Would be okay, huh? Think I barbecue. don't like barbecue sauce, but I'll probably marinate them in some uh, like Italian dressing type of thing. You've always you've always been a breast man. It's mm-hmm. I'm a breast man. On June twenty second, nineteen eighty five, Hayden was discharged from the Navy after being diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Ah. After being discharged from the Navy, Hayden, Hayden eventually settled in Maryland, where he was often homeless. Also in 1985, he was charged with shoplifting women's clothes, but those charges were eventually dropped. You know, sometimes you just need to feel pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. So in 86, uh, Hayden was briefly living with his brother's family. I assume not the brother that cooked the breast on the... No, How many no, no. His, his, most, uh, his other brothers, he had four siblings, and his, uh, his other brothers, uh, I think they were all brothers, um, they had a, they were, the other two they were normal. normal, yeah. Okay. They had a pretty normal life. So after a few well, months... Well, compared to the other two, shit, yeah, the bar's pretty well, low there. Well, that's true. The bar is pretty low. You don't have to do much. Yeah. If you fuck up, you, all you have to yeah. do is look at your parents and go, you know what? Yeah, but what Hayden did? Did you see what he did? You could go around the neighborhood killing the street, yeah. killing animals, and still be the normal. Well, yeah. right. His brother, you know, his brother thought he was going to be the uh, black sheep, but hell, he comes out looking good after what Hayden does. I'm sorry, I crashed the car, but mm. did you see what Hayden did <laughs> over there? <laughs> see, that's that's the family you want to be born into. All right. So after a few months, his brother boots him out because he caught him masturbating in front of his year-old niece and five-year-old nephew. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. Uh, Hayden became, uh, got mad after his niece, his year-old niece, called him retarded. Oh, I think she hit the hammer. 
Who's she? Oh, hell no. I think she hit the hammer on the head. Mm. The nail on the head. She's a year old. She did not call him retarded. He's just... He's taking baby talk and hearing what he, whatever he thinks. Well, whatever he he was he felt slighted. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I think. I, well, I, no, this is an older niece. Yes, yeah, six year old. I think okay. she was six years old. So she probably did call him retarded. Wait, because let's face it. Well, <laughs> this is but this is what I love. Okay. I mean, it's, it's it's really calling the sky blue. Isn't so it? Aiden wanted to kill her for that remark. Instead, he just vowed revenge on the six year old. Good thing she didn't have a pet. Please, what is this, Game of fucking Thrones? I've got a whole list of six- and seven-year-olds I got. If I I vowed revenge on every six- and seven-year-old that pissed me off, I wouldn't have time to do this podcast or have a regular job. Well, you know, he, he, he wasn't all there, let's say. Well, clearly. Yeah. So... Uh, so he's vowing revenge, shaking his fists in the air, vowing revenge. It seemed almost hot as hell itself on the afternoon of May 31st, 1986. Where were you? May 31st, 1986? Yeah. Uh, I was in college. I was at a Memorial Day party, um, grilling hamburgers. Oh. Cool. Cool. Uh, but a blast of summer heat was what many people welcomed on the weekend that summer began, but not Hayden Clark. He stood outside his brother Jeffrey's empty home, sweating in the 92-degree heat. He was, and he's just picturing him just standing there like a creep. Is this the one that he's vowing revenge against? Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a happy story. I don't even sweat till it gets he, to 98. He is 6 feet 2 inches tall. Uh, he leaned against his Datsun pickup truck. Yes! feeling sorry for himself and getting angrier by the minute as the temperature soared. The house was quiet, and everybody who lived there was gone, out and having fun. Jeffrey Clark, the only brother who had who wasn't in prison, had deserted him. So Aiden stood there, seething in the hot sun, <coughs> about to go into his brother's residence on Sudley Road in Silver Spring, Maryland, to pick up his last box of belongings. Yeah, so his brother kicks him out. He's getting his stuff out of the house. As he began to move toward the house, a little girl walked up to him. She, he'd seen her around the neighborhood. She was one of those hanger-on kids. She was a friend of his niece. Her name was Michelle Dore. She was a six-year-old. She was the six-year-old daughter of a divorced man down the street, who had custody of her on the weekends. Michelle was wearing a pink ruffled swimsuit and was still wet from playing in the plastic backyard pool. She asked him where he, where Eliza was. That was his niece that called him retarded. Right. It was then that Hayden Clark knew how to get back at his knees for calling him retarded. Nobody who crossed him got away with stuff like that for long. Of course, the niece already forgot about it. I don't ever want to hear the two of you bitching about me being on my phone ever in life again. Uh, let's see. She's upstairs. Upstairs in a room playing with dolls. You can go on in if you like. So he watched her wander in the house, heard her steps. She went up the stairs. And when she was out of sight, he walked around to the back of the truck pulled a toolbox toward, uh, towards him. Uh, he made his living as a chef, and inside the metal box were the tools of his trade. Every kind of knife that a commercial restaurateur would need. You know what the colonel's tools of his trade are, don't you, Demi? What's that? Um, well, Mrs. Colonel. I'll let Miss... We'll get Mrs. Colonel on the show one day, and she'll tell you. Okay. Uh-huh. She won't. Uh, so he's got a shit pot of knives, uh, all of them extremely sharp, and 
The retard selects a 12-inch long chef's knife and casually strolls into the house and up the stairs. Uh, minutes later, Hayden Clark was tiptoeing up the stairs of the empty house. They had a knife. Uh, he, fought, he went into Eliza's room, threw a little girl on the floor, and was on her so fast she didn't get a chance to scream. The first slash was a backhand from left to right across her chest. The second went back the other way, almost like a Zorro making the Z sign. She fell back in shock, and he straddled her, putting his free hand over her mouth. And she surprised him by biting his hand. Well, what do you think was going to fucking happen? Good for her, but... And that pissed him off, and he plunged the 12-inch blade straight uh, through her throat. Yeah, six-year-old kid. Yep. So blood's all over the wooden floor of this little bedroom. Um, the room in the old house sloped, and the blood sought the lowest level. He really didn't know what to do about that at first. He didn't know if he should mop it up and cover it up. Um, yeah, or he's, try freak, to, he's freaking out at this well, point. Well, do you mop up the blood and cover up we did? Or do you have sex with the dead girl? Those are his op- uh, Those are his options. Well, you can do both. He's just uh, got to decide what order you're going to do them in. Those are the options. So for, he did try and, and penetrate her first, but he couldn't make it work. Mm, so so he preheated the oven. Well, evidently not enough. Okay. Uh, but he ran out to his truck, got some rags and an old Navy duffel bag. Uh, he went back upstairs and stuffed Michelle into the plastic bag and then inside the duffel bag. He then, you know, mopped up the floor as if he was swabbing the deck on one of the aircraft carriers he'd served on. Everything that had blood on it was stuffed in trash sacks. You know what? These people just think that their shit just walked and walked out and disappeared. Well, again, it's his brother's house, and he's, you know, he... It's almost like he comes to and realizes what he's he's done, so he's got to get his shit and get out of there. And, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for him hurting that little girl other than it's feeling slighted by her knees. Yeah, he was serving up revenge. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Uh, So, you know, he thought the cleanup looked good and nothing seemed out of place and nobody would know. So he took the body in the bags and put them in the back of his truck. Um, He had a job that he needed to be at a nearby Chevy Chase Country Club. Hmm. Nice. Well, it's, it's like Caddyshack. It is. And Chevy Chase, Maryland, I think. Yes, I know. Uh, anyway, he'd be there in 20 minutes, um, and he couldn't be late, or somebody might notice that. For sure. Well, yeah. So later that evening, when Michelle's father searched desperately for his daughter, Hayden Clark finished his shift at the Country Club and began driving the body of that six-year-old little girl in the back of his pickup truck covered by a metal cap. He stopped off first at nearby Bethesda Naval Hospital to get the cut on his hand dressed because that's... That won't raise any eyebrows. The free medical privileges were part of his benefits package he received when he was discharged from the Navy. That's a good deal. Thank you for your service. Yes. When he left the hospital, it was nearly midnight. Uh, He drove towards Baltimore. Well, nobody would notice a dead body in Baltimore. Um, When he saw some woods, he pulled over to the shoulder of the road and stopped, and he had a ready-made story. If the cops came by, he would tell them he had to pee and couldn't wait. Um, Michelle Doar's killer uh, grabbed the duffel bag, a flashlight, and a shovel from the back of the truck, stepped over the guardrail, and stumbled down a ravine and into the woods. At the base of the tree, he dug a tree uh, for... or shit... At the base of a tree, he dug a grave four feet long, digging until he hit clay. He took the little girl from the duffel bag and began dropping her in, but there was one more piece of business. He had to taste her. 
<laughs> the flesh was his pride, and her death was his revenge. Afterwards, he covered her body with parts of old mattress he'd found in nearby. He'd found nearby in some leaves. Gross. He, he climbed up the back up the incline and into his truck, driving back to his newly rented room five miles from his brother's house. Uh, meanwhile, the police investigation of the missing child started focusing on her father, Carl. Feeling neglectful, Carl lied to police and told them the last time he'd seen his daughter was in the in the backyard was 210. Right, this is a big deal, too, okay, because so his dad falls under suspicion, like in any missing child right. case, and instead of telling him the truth when the last time he saw he sees her, he fudges it to make him sound more responsible, and that ends up helping out Hayden here. Right. Uh, the father didn't know it at the time, but he was providing Hayden with an airtight alibi, uh, but Hayden didn't even come under suspicion for that one. Detective Wayne Farrell would later recall cruising Sunbury Road on the day after Michelle Dorr vanished. He was grasping for any straw and came upon Hayden Clark in the driveway of his brother's house, tinkering with his toy's engine. Were you here yesterday, the cop asked him. For about two or three minutes, Hayden claimed. Farrell had been checking around and heard that Hayden Clark seemed to be the neighborhood weirdo. Well, I hope he's a neighborhood weirdo because if they got someone if out they got a different weird, one, yeah. is more weirder than him, that's a pretty rough neighborhood. Girl. I know. Uh, Farrell later called Hayden and told him to be at the police precinct the next morning. He appeared. Hayden appeared to have an airtight alibi. He said he'd punched his time clock at the country club where he worked at 2.46 that afternoon. Detective Wayne Garvey. Was he a male prostitute? I don't know. That's Fred Garvin. Whatever. Close enough. <laughs> Uh, and Farrell, they did some figuring. They did some figuring? They did, they did some ciphering? They did. They did. If Carl Dore said he'd seen his daughter at 210, then Hayden Clark couldn't have found, abducted, or killed someone and then hide the body in 36 minutes. Yeah. See, that's, like I said, his the dad inadvertently gave Hayden an alibi. It was nearly impossible. But they weren't going to let him walk out without being questioned. Uh... They went soft on him at first, asking about the rabbits he'd raised behind his brother's house and his life before moving in with his brother. They gradually began asking him about the children in the neighborhood, and Hayden opened up, complaining that one of the little boys had once, had once kicked him in the testicles while they were playing a game. Colonel, <laughs> Colonel, did anyone ever... You think that was playing sorry? Oh, Has anyone, sorry. Have you ever been kicked in the testicles, Colonel? I have. Uh, has uh, Mrs. Colonel ever kicked you in the testicles? Um, no, but, well, Mrs. Colonel has inadvertently need me in the testicles. Mm-hmm. Inadvertently. Have, inadvertently. You shouldn't have had him close to her leg. Uh, let's see. He also confessed that he playfully pinned a little girl to the ground. The problem is women think, you know, they just always say, oh, kick him in the balls like, it, like it's nothing. They don't, the know, they, don't, they don't understand how that feels. If you attacked me, then you deserve to get kicked in the balls. No, I mean, you you know, just kick him in the balls. Just kick him in the balls. I mean, public service so announcement. Lightly, lightly. It's a serious thing. If you, if, if you need defense, me. self-defense, lady, a self-defense tip. If you try to kick a man in the balls, it's the easiest thing in the world to block. Go for the eyes. Always go for the eyes and the nose. If you hit somebody in the nose, it makes your eyes water. You can't see anything. Then dig your thumb into the eye socket until the eyeball actually pops out. Now your assailant is 
at a big disadvantage cause because he's only got one eye. He only got one eye and their balls hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now his hands are going to be all up in his face, and then you step back and kick him in the balls. Now you could miss and get him in the taint. Yes. Uh, can you explain to Allie what the taint is? Because Allie had a question about uh, taint. Taint. The taint is taint Allie. Your, taint your vagina. Taint your asshole. It's that. That's right. It's spot that. It's that no man's. It's the demilitarized zone. The no man's it's land. The DMZ, is it's the no man's land between the buttocks and the vagina. The anus. Or the anus or the and sack. the vagina or the sack and the and the, and the anus. anus. Mm-hmm. And it's it taint. The ass and it taint the, the balls, so it's just a taint. It's no man's land. It's right. no, yeah, it's the demilitarized zone. Yeah, okay. she want to know if the taint was sensitive. Um, ew. No. <laughs> it was just checking. Just checking. Be sensitive if you got kicked there. So, why not? Yeah, Chuck Norris and all your self-defense shit. Well, I'm just saying. Go for the eyes. It? Gouge it. Gouge with your thumb. Okay, thank you. Uh, so he's, he confessed that he pinned a, little, pinned a little girl to the ground and Garvey jumped on it. Is that what you did with Michelle? He pulled out a photo of the little girl and when he did, Hayden began rocking back and forth in his chair. Mm. You can't take that motherfucker to war. No, That's uh, why they let him out of the Navy. You know what? If you start, if you get accused of something, you start rocking back and forth. Yeah, it's a giveaway. Yeah, they don't like that. Uh, let's see. But the motherfucker walks. Hayden mumbled an answer and then did something the cops weren't prepared for. I feel sick. Do you have a bathroom? He asked. He went into the police station bathroom and began vomiting. The cops were right behind him. What did you do? Garvey shouted into the stall. The parents need to know. Tell me what happened. They need to bury their child. Was it an accident? Let's talk about it. Yeah, the cops always give you that. Was it an accident? We we want we want you we want the truth to come yeah. out. We, yeah, it was an accident. He carved we up this you wouldn't six-year-old. do this. So. Right. Yeah. Well. So this guy's still selling Buicks in the bathroom stall, and you know they're shouting questions at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he slid a photo. They even slid a photo of this little girl under the stall door. What did you do? Uh, Hayden made what was later viewed as a partial confession. I don't know. He said between heaves, "I may have done something. Sometimes I black out and do things I don't remember." Bullshit. But they and they were close. And they were just inches away from an arrest. But then old Hayden seemed to get a second wind. He said he'd worked that day and mentioned the 246 punch-in. Uh, let's see, Garvey checked his notes again. Clark was crazy, maybe, but you can't kill or kidnap someone, then dump or hide a body, and then get to work, which was nearly 10 miles away in that kind of time. Why didn't you go back? I mean, if it was me, I would go back and double-check with the dad to say, hey, are you sure you saw her at this time? Yeah, I don't know why. But they let, they just let him walk. It's, it's crazy. So Carl Dorr had given his daughter's killer the perfect alibi while at the same time directing the suspicion to himself because of his behavior. Uh, Hayden Clark just walked away from it. Yeah, so they're, they're suspecting the dad. As for Michelle Dorr, it would be another 14 years until the mystery of her death would be solved. And her body was found. Hayden Clark's mental state deteriorated <clears throat> over the next five years, although his appearance and his behavior weren't bad enough to get him committed. He stopped staying in rented rooms and began living under the cap of his pickup truck, often setting camp in the woods just off the interstate highway. You know what he had? A tiny house. He did mm, yeah, fucking tiny house. houses. 
fuck was, those people. I've been watching those shows since you've said that. He was he was leaving those people. That's kind of cool, though. Then fuck those people. He was leaving a small footprint. Yeah. Leave him alone. Yeah. yeah. Should have slit his own throat. <laughs> so his days as a chef were over because nobody would hire him because he was a crazy lunatic guy that slept in the woods, probably in a tiny fucking house. And so these people, people converted a school bus into a tiny house. I saw those lunatics. Fuck them. Why? I'm so I'm fucking gonna, tired I don't understand shit. why you have this hatred. Because they are so smug. They think they're so. They've got. Well, well, I get they've that. got the secret. They've got the secret I, to life in this shed. Fuck them. I, I get that, but I'm just saying some of those houses are really cool. I wouldn't mind having one. I'm not saying I, I, I'm doing it for the environment or whatever. Well, take I think it to Thailand. You can hook a donkey up to I'm it. Just it'll take you all over. So I could never live in one of those. You, resent, you have a lot of resentment for people living in tiny houses. People in tiny houses shouldn't throw stones. They should not because I will come by my with my big old house and fuck them up. See, I couldn't live in one of those things because, well, Mrs. Colonel is a screamer. Well, usually yeah, he's a screamer. It's not a neighborhood of tiny houses. She screams at, <laughs> screams at him every day. He right. comes <laughs> it's not a neighborhood of tiny houses. It's nothing to do with sex, of course. I thought they just was piled up on top of each other. No, like, no. Well, they they just get like if ten, take they get ten like, acres. Yeah, they get like ten acres of land and live in a four hundred square foot piece of fucking house. And they got and their their kitchen table converts to their shower, converts, converts to, to their, their bedroom, <laughs> converts to their toilet. It's stupid. I'm, I'm sorry if if I have to like do transformer shit on my house in order to make it functional, <laughs> then that's too much work. These people bought the school buses to have a tiny school bus, it's like a short bus, oh. a retarded you know, <laughs> bus. And they converted. Would you people quit saying retarded? <laughs> developing the disabled bus, but then they, not only they went over budget, you know, they went over budget because they decided to put a deck on it. I'm sure. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah they've got, they a, probably deck got a, a deck on the roof, a deck on the sides, a <laughs> yeah. deck on the, yeah. And a I'm waiting deck. for, I'm waiting hot for, tub. I guess, yeah, the hot tub is next. I'll I mean, tell you what I thought was really cool, though, one time, is there's a show on, they the, they look at um, people who make houses out of the sh- shipping containers. Yeah. Now, those are, I guess. Those are yeah. cool. Yeah. Because you make, like, you know, you get, like, seven of them, and yeah. you build this thing, and it's pretty cool. I like that. It's especially good, I guess, for like if you live in the prairie lands and shit. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're pretty durable. Yeah. They're pretty durable, and tornadoes don't blow them off the like they do a regular trailer. Right. Well, because God doesn't target those places like he does trailer parks. No, I'm, I, I understand it, what you mean. It, it, I understand what Isn't there a point when you keep seeing all these trailer parks hit? Have you ever known people who are living in trailer parks? My yes. cousins. I got cousins that live in trailer parks. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to speak for all people who live in trailer parks. I'm just talking about my my cousins in particular. Mm-hmm. They need to be smited. Well, they are all You ever been to New Orleans? No. New Orleans? Now, the colonel from, from, the, from the Dixie is from the south, and I don't want to badmouth the whole place. South side? But when Katrina came... Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina. The first thing I said was... Not Katrina Navratilova. It's probably... Those people was due to be smited by God. No, that's not true. We have a lot of listeners in New Orleans. Don't say that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Have you ever been to... It's a... Okay, I'm just saying... You know what New Orleans is? It's Detroit with funny accents. That's what it is. You're Detroit with a funny no, accent. No, they I'm got better saying. sex sex clubs. And okay, stuff down still, 
But shipping container houses are better. Tiny well, house people. So can tiny fuck houses suck. Shipping containers but shipping are. Right. But you, you know what? Here's the thing with shipping containers, though. They because cost you've almost, done it a lot in shipping containers. No, they cost almost come in as much. They cost almost as much as regular house to put put one of those together. Well, then why not just get a regular house? Because I think it's bigger when you put the shipping containers together. It's more durable. Okay, so plus shipping. you can be, so you can ship yourself to China. Your house you to could China. ship yourself to China. Okay, so nobody's gonna hire him because he's smelly and he lives in the woods. Okay, he lives in his. Let's get this straight. He lives in the woods, but he lives in his truck. Truck in right. the woods. He's not homeless. He has a truck. Okay. He has a mobile home. He does. He worked odd jobs as a minimum wage gardener, um, sent out by homeless groups, and at night he would toil at fast food shops. But he had plenty of money. Living alone in the woods didn't cost anything. Gross. Well, he's getting disability at this point, too. By 1990, he'd saved nearly $40,000. Holy Christ. During those years, there were plenty of warnings. So this cross-dressing cannibal motherfucker... Has more money in the bank than we did, Carl. Yeah. When did, <laughs> when did he start eating people? Well, he ate the... He ate the that doesn't well, cost anything it, yeah. either. Uh, let's see. Legal system that had focused on Carl Doran, not Hayden Clock. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Clark, continue to look the other way. Uh, in September of 1988, Hayden Clark visited his mother, who was now living in Rhode Island. During his stay, he began stealing items from her house. Flavia caught him and screamed in anger. What are you doing stealing from me, she yelled. Isn't Flosh, Flodians Flavia. a... What you have after you eat Taco Bell? Oh, I got Flodia. Yeah, something like that. Flaviva or something. F-A-L-V-I-A, something like that. Flavia. Yeah, Flavia. Uh, let's see. So Hayden knocked down his own mother and began kicking her. He then jumped onto his truck and tried to run her over. Okay, into his truck and tried to run her over. And she stepped aside just in time. Uh, but the next day she filed charges against him with for assault and battery. And he got a year's probation. In 1988, uh, Mr. Clark was stopped for speeding. Underneath the driver's seat was a 38 caliber Astra handgun. Oh. The same police department that had focused on Carl Doerr and not my, and not Michelle Doerr's murderer let him go after he pled guilty to a destruction of property charge that occurred earlier in the year. And again, I, I, with all these these killers, there's so many opportunities to catch this guy doing something. Uh, he was away. he was able to walk away with another suspended sentence in probation. Uh, let's see. So he got a slap on arrest in two states. The destruction of property charge was particularly egregious and showed his temper was far from under control. 
Uh, this is another revenge thing. In his last rental, before going to live inside his truck, Hayden was bounced from a house in Bethesda, Maryland, because his landlord said he seemed crazy and evil. Mm, yeah. Before he left, he literally... Literally. This is, this is good. This wait, is good. Chuck. Before he left, he literally, literally booby-trapped the house. What did he do? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. Hayden began by balancing a 10-gallon can of oil on top of the door. So this is like Wile E. Coyote shit. <laughs> Already, it's like Wile E. Coyote. So he's balancing this 10-gallon can on top of the door so that it would spill when the door was pushed open. After spraying black dye on the living room carpet, he hid rotting fish heads inside the family's piano chimney and stove. As a final act of revenge... I hate the rotting fish heads. Well, there's nothing worse. Uh, after, and his, as his final act of revenge, he killed both the family cats, placing one dead feline on the floor well, on the front door welcome mat and the other inside the refrigerator. See, I wouldn't have done that because if they saw that on the front door welcome mat, that made, mm-hmm. that made them more cautious coming in the yeah. door. I wouldn't put both cats. No, I would have tied one of the cats to the couch mm-hmm. inside the living room and it would have been, and you look in the window, look at the door, like, what the hell's going on? Then they would have rushed in yeah. and all the booby traps would have got them at once. So finally, he stole several inconsequential items that range from books to tools. He even took the family's vacuum cleaner because in the woods, there's nothing worse than not having your vacuum well, cleaner. Well, he had to get the leaves from around his truck. Uh, the smell of decaying fish permeated the house and was extremely difficult to eradicate. I bet it was. Uh, I, when I, was in, when I went from junior high to high school, uh, my last day in junior high, I put uh, a catfish, we caught some catfish, and put it in my school locker and put a lock on it. Mm-hmm. This shit stayed there all oh, summer, man. You know that was nice. nasty coming. Yeah. So why gross. would you do that? Are you serious? No, no. I just it was just catfish that was you know that we had caught. It was a you know we were just uh, doing something a little, a little um, uh, prankish. Prankish. Yeah. Mischievous. Mischievous. Uh, yet the combination of a gun possession charge and the vandalism didn't set off any alarm bells about the man who local cops had once suspected of killing a six-year-old girl. And why would it? Those are very different things. A couple times, Hayden tried to get help. Um, He would often show up at local veterans' hospital, but after staying a few days and getting a few doses of Haldol, the antipsychotic drug, he would bolt from the ward and return to the woods. In February of 1989, local police arrested Hayden, and this time there was a 17-count criminal indictment. Oh! 15 of the counts were for theft. Um, the acts were unusual. Hayden Clark had dressed in women's clothing and visited a number of area churches. Okay. With his old pillbox hat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little Jackie O. Look. Gloves. Yeah. Um, while the women inside the churches attended choir practice, he would visit the co- cloakroom and stole their purses and coats. On the day he was arrested, he might catch a, catch a chill on the way. He might. <laughs> on the day he was arrested, he pulled over to the shoulder of a park road and tinkered with his car. When the police offered offered assistance, Aiden panicked. He began fumbling around, <laughs> the, began fumbling around in the front seat, attempting to hide some of his woman's, some of the women's coats and purses. No, no, no! He told the cops, "You can't go in my truck." Yeah, see, never well, talk about that. That raised suspicion. It, well, it does, and you know, and that makes me say, "You know what, motherfucker? You know where I'm going to go? <laughs> the next place I'm going." Um, but it was too late. The police had seen a, seen a black gun holster 
hanging at the top of the seatbelt restraint. And they wanted to see what else he had. That's just a crazy place to put a holster. Yeah. Uh, When they saw the women's purses and coats and they asked if he owned them, Hayden Clark said, yep, I do. They're yours, said the cop. Quizzically. The incredulous cop Mm -hmm. asked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Timmy's getting all William Shakespeare with these scripts here. Yes, said Hayden Clark. Uh, I'm a woman. Oh, hear me roar. This, now, this was before you could identify. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what bathroom he used. Yeah. So the cops searched further. There were women's wigs, a hypodermic syringe, women's dresses, and a big old thick roll of cash because when you live in the woods, you don't trust banks. Well, maybe he used it for toilet paper. <laughs> well, he was, a, he was a baller. Yeah, he was a baller. Hayden was a baller. Yeah. Shot caller, yes. Mm. Arrested, he finally served some jail time. He stayed inside for 45 days before he posted bail, but later boasted that he did the jail time on purpose because it was more comfortable in the county detention center than outside in the freezing February cold. He's got a point. Well, that makes point. Yeah. Three meals. And he's got Hot three meals a day, a roof over his head, and movies every Thursday. Oh, movies every Thursday. He got to watch the uh, Lifetime movie of the week. He probably did, and he was reluctant to leave when spring arrived. Yeah. I bet he didn't the dress bar. like a woman in there. I bet they wasn't reluctant for him to leave. I bet not. Huh. All right. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah probably, she goes again. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Laura. Yeah, he probably didn't dress like a woman. In, in well, they probably dressed him like a woman. Yeah. Laura Hotelling, is that what we're saying? Hoteling? Hoteling. Hoteling. Laura Hoteling's divorced mother Penny was a psychotherapist, and Laura was considered brilliant, someone that was going places in her life. And no one was surprised when she was accepted into Harvard. Her friends expected great things from the beautiful blonde who friends sometimes called Twiggy because she was six feet tall. Damn. Uh, she was going to be president of this country one day, said her close friend, Susanna Monroney. The words were spoken after Hayden Clark killed and tortured her in the worst p- way possible. Penny's home in Bethesda, Maryland, was about 10 miles from where Hayden had murdered and cannibalized Michelle Dore in 1986. Penny liked to help the unfortunate and thought she was doing a good deed when she hired what she thought was a homeless man from a local church organization in 1992. She needed a gardener, and Hayden proved to be a good worker that soon cleave, cleaved to her. Clinged to her. Okay, this is All right, clinged. Clinged. Clung. All right. Clanged. Anyway, he he latched on to her, <laughs> to okay. this woman. All right. He became attached. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hayden tended to her azaleas, and she began to give him the run of the kitchen, because he was a chef and whatever. He was allowed to make himself coffee and use the bathroom while working without asking. Oh, he had a lot of privileges. He could just go in and take himself or leave him. Right. Could he number two without asking? He could do it. I got I one. He had, a, he, had, he had a torpedo in the tunnel and had to come on out. I don't know. You think he could number two without asking? But Penny was trusting. That seems rude to me. One. <laughs> I can see going one. Penny, yeah. Penny was trusting. Going to two, you're going to have to know that person well. What do you think about defecating in public restrooms, Carl? No. Um... When you gotta go, you gotta go, Timmy. Do you have a position on that, Brandy? Because to me, it's uncomfortable. I don't. I I try not to do that. I'm. I'm with Chuck. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Okay, you you hippies, continue. Well, I mean, when you gotta, when you're prairie dogging it, Timmy, you gotta. (laughs) That's true. As the boys used to say, when you got a turtle sniffing cotton, (laughs) it's time to go. Okay, (laughs) that's true. So poor little Penny. Uh, 
A strand of pearls went missing, uh, and she didn't confront her employee. She also failed to notice that her underwear and other clothing was being stolen one piece at a time. Well, see, now I don't know every piece of underwear mm-hmm. I own. I wouldn't know if one came up missing. Would you, Carl? Um, my underwear are numbered, Timmy. Are they? Do you have yeah. days of the week? Well, I got, because I buy so much of this, I, I found my heavenly underwear. You know that. Mm-hmm. The it's. I got these Hanes boxer briefs and they're a special blend, and and it's like 10,000 little angels cupping the colonel's testicles, Timmy. Well, that's nice. It's like it's like getting a little fairies down there. Little tiny, little tiny fairy massage all day. Yeah. On your testiculars. Wow. So okay, that's so you know her her stuff's being gone through. He's taking her shit, um, and. She once complained to him about missing some gardening tools, and her employee yelled at her about it. Said she was being, maybe she was being too hard on him, she thought at the time. Uh, Laura returned home after her Harvard graduation in the summer of 92. For Hayden, who had become, who the hell's Laura? Laura is the daughter of, is her daughter. Oh, okay, it's her daughter. What happens is, quick version, he becomes no, no. attached to the mom. All right. All right. So, okay. So, Penny. All right. So, Laura comes home. Laura's her from, daughter. Yes. Laura's her daughter. She comes home uh, after her Harvard graduation. Uh, and for Hayden, who'd become mentally and emotionally affixed to Penny, it seemed that Penny now had another child. And she appeared to like this child more than him. What the fuck? I know. She ain't even coming around, and all of a sudden now she's the favorite she, I dropped down yeah, to the total She's, she's uh, attending Harvard and doing all that. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Hayden's there, you know, <clears throat> within. I would not like that either. Using her bathroom. Within days, he's plotting revenge. Well, hell yeah. He's been slighted again. That motherfucker, you don't want to piss him off now. No, no. no. In mid-October, Penny Hodling told Hayden that she'd be going away to a conference. Oh. And she gave him the exact date. She'd be gone from the 17th to the 25th. Well, that was all that motherfucker needed. Well, he, he started making a plan. The next day, he went to the hardware store, got some duct tape, some braided rope, nylon cord. Now, if that motherfucker comes into the hardware store and gets some duct tape... <laughs> Why don't they just... You know what I don't understand? You can't get on Amazon... And just get your standard serial killer kit. You know what I mean? With the zip ties. Yeah. You got to buy everything separate. Chloroform, duct tape, plastic bags. like you'd have bags, to show an ID to Contractor get garbage yeah. bags. You know, bow saw, yeah. hacksaw. Sawzall. Yeah. Sawzall. I mean, they should just sell, sell a kit. I'm, that's that's my next venture. Yeah. Just after, a serial killer kit. After, after the church gets going real good. Okay. Oh, this dumb bastard writes a check. To, for his purchases. Well, and you know, in the memo line, safer than cash, he wrote Laura. This <laughs> <laughs> dumb bastard. All right, so that's Saturday. Well, he wanted to know how to, you know, when he's balancing his well, checkbook. Sure. What, what did I write that what for? What did I write all that rope and duct tape for? <laughs> um, so that's Saturday, the 17th of October. Uh, Laura went to a horse meet in Middleburg, Virginia. And then there was a big dinner party after the event. The next day, she slept in, and she watched um, she watched a football game with her older brother, Warren, and his housemate. She'd taken a temporary job in Washington and she, until she decided whether or not to go to law school or become a teacher. There was a big project at the firm due to start next morning, so she went to bed early just after 10 o'clock. 
Uh, Hayden, that's, that's not that early. No, that's not too bad. Around midnight, Hayden parked his truck on the street next to the hodling house. He went to Penny's gardening shed and grabbed the spare house key he knew was there. Uh, he didn't look or feel like himself. For starters, he's got a wig on. Oh, yeah. Well. Next to his skin, he's wearing Penny Hodling's underwear. Mm-mm-mm. He carried a black purse because clearly it's evening. Oh, and he had the pearls. And well, and over Penny's lingerie, he wore a woman's blouse and slacks. Nice. He also wore a women's trench coat, and underneath the trench coat, he carried a twenty-two caliber rifle. Turned the key in the lock, tiptoed silently to Laura's bedroom, and once inside, used the gun to nudge her awake. His first words to her left the young woman speechless. Why are you in my bed? He asked. He asked Laura why she he was a- in his bed. He asked Laura why are so you in like my bed? So it's like Goldilocks and the three bears. Except it's Goldilocks and the crazy cross-dressing. Well, and Laura's, and Laura's over yeah. there like, she didn't even know how to answer. And <laughs> like, what the fucking, what? He asked her again. Why are you in my bed? But his questions didn't make any sense. He thinks he's Laura at this point. Well. And then he asked her, "And uh, why are you wearing my clothes?" It is the Goldilocks. Well, they was both six foot tall. Uh, tears fell from Laura's eyes and onto her cheeks because I think she kind of knew she was fucked at that point. Yeah. And he looked at her. And Gee, he Mom, said, thanks for uh, hiring right. this uh, the psycho. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Tell me, I'm Laura. Tell me, I'm pretty. Tell me, I'm a pretty girl. Tell me, I'm Laura." She said. You're Laura. Just don't hurt me. Be Laura. I don't mm. care. Be fucking Beth but Midler for all nice I give a girl. shit. I would have told him. Laura's a nice girl and does not carry a gun, so you cannot be Laura with that gun. With the gun. Then. Right. Well, uh, Hayden asked Laura to swear on the Bible that she that he was Laura, and she did. Then, holding a gun to her, he forced her to get up, undress, and take a bath. After the cleaning, cleansing ritual, he led her back to the bedroom, made her lie on her stomach, uh, his plan was to abduct her, take her to his campfight in the woods, and introduce her to Hayden. He bound her wrists with duct tape, then her ankles. He turned her over and began covering her mouth with tape, but got so excited he couldn't stop the tape soon. No, oh, he couldn't stop the tape so, soon covered her nose and eyes. Oh, so she can't see. Well, she can't breathe. Yeah, uh, and she sure. struggled Good until point. the lack of air suffocated her, and she lay motionless. You gotta leave the nose uncovered. Okay. As Laura lay still, Hayden began removing the tape from her face with a pair of scissors. Excited, his hand slipped, and the sharp shears pierced her neck and caused blood to flow onto the sheet and pillowcase. He became fascinated with the earrings she was wearing and decided they were fabulous. 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 And decided to take them home for a souvenir. Did he just rip them right off her head? Yep. No, when he, I don't know. When he had a hard time removing the second one, he s- snipped it off with a pair of sharp scissors. So he cut off her lower ear. So there's blood all over the place. Hayden Clark sat by her bed and watched her, news, her nude body for about an hour. At times he stroked her breasts, but would later claim that he neither raped nor practiced cannibalism on any part of her remains. Because that's well, that just was gross. quite kind of him. Uh, at... Th- Three in the morning, he wrapped her body in a quilt-sized sheet, slung her over his shoulder, and stashed her remains on a narrow bed underneath the cap of his in the rear of his truck. He went back inside, gathered up the bloody evidence, the sheet, the mattress pad, the pillowcase, and carried them out along with some trophies. Laura's high school ring, a crystal unicorn, which clearly is what Hayden is. Yes. yes. He's a crystal unicorn. 
and some other personal effects. And then he laid down on her bed and he he slept because he was tired. He'd been up all night. Yeah, he had a rough day. Laura's killer left the house around eight that morning. He was wearing he was still wearing the woman's wig and carrying the purse. A housekeeper standing with a child waiting for the school bus would later tell police she thought the person was Laura heading out to her job. Hayden got in his truck and drove two blocks to the parking lot of a nearby church. He backed his truck into the corner of the lot and went to sleep again. Laura's dead body. He slept by her dead body. I wonder if they spooned. Well, while while Hayden slept. You may have. Well, it depends on where she's at in rigor, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, While Hayden slept, Laura's employer began calling the house, each time getting the answering machine. And it wasn't like Laura to miss work and not call anybody. So she sent somebody out to the house to look around. Um, She got no answer. The young woman, who was a friend of theirs, got no answer when she rang the doorbell. Uh, Alarmed, she telephoned Laura's brother and began calling her friends. There was no reason to call the police yet. After searching the house, Warren Hodling decided to walk the route Laura took to the bus stop that she often used to take to her work. As he walked down the street, he saw Hayden Clark driving towards them in his pickup truck. Hayden was planning another visit to the house for more thievery. Innocently... What, did he forget a unicorn or something? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, innocently, Warren tried to wave him down to see if the family gardener knew anything about his sister's whereabouts. Hayden pulled over, but then when Warren walked close, walked towards him, he had second thoughts and sped off. Warren thought the behavior was weird, but you know he knew that Hayden was weird. He didn't think anything about it. Uh, late that night, he called the police and he called his mom. Cops told him not to worry; Laura would likely turn up soon. Hayden was frightened after his encounter with Warren and decided to bury his prize that night. So why isn't he plotting revenge against Warren? Well, Who had the stones to wave at him? Uh, He drove to a spot on Interstate 270 just across from his campsite. Laura was heavy. Um, Well, she weighed much more than Michelle Dorr. And he stumbled stumbled with the dead weight until he dropped her just 20 feet from the road. He dug feverishly until there was a shallow grave. He rolled her in it, covered the body with dirt and leaves. In the months to come, animals would discover the body set, and they would dig and paw into it, trying to get to the uh, remains. You got to go four feet, cover it with plastic if you don't want the animals to get it. Why? It's four feet. Most animals can't smell below four feet. No. Okay. That's why they always no, get them out of the shallow grave. You're not lying. You put lie on Oh, lie. You put lie on them, yeah. yeah. <coughs> well... Still nervous after burying Laura, Ricky Retardo drives north toward New England. Mm-hmm. Didn't you just yell at us for using the word retarded? Yeah, retarded, yeah. So Hayden goes oh, up to New England. Is this is, this is a, a nickname for him, though. Okay. That's not the same thing. In Rhode Island, uh, he stopped and stuffed the bloody sheets, mattress pad, and the items that he had stolen from Laura in a self-storage locker that he rented that year. Now, that's another bad idea, generally, to rent a storage locker in your own name and then put incriminating, damning You know what else is a bad idea is to uh, buy duct tape at the hardware store and put Laura in, pay by check and put Laura in the... uh, Well, that seemed to be the first flaw in the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to... When you... You might as well post it on Facebook. Yeah. I just killed Laura. Yeah. Um, But he kept a pillowcase. That way he could live the night by burying his face in it. 
Yeah. If he wanted a bigger thrill, he could take all the bloody sheets out of storage and play with them. Hmm. Now, he drove back to Washington feeling pretty damn proud of himself. By now, the Montgomery County, Maryland cops wanted to speak with Mr. Retardo. Hey, <clears throat> Yes. Warren and Penny, who shall now be known as Ricky Retardo. Continue. Warren and Penny have both mentioned his name when his des- and when his description was phoned into the headquarters, alarm bells went off. Literally, alarm bells went Literally. off. Literally. Literally. It was just red lights and flashing. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. So, wasn't he suspected in the disappearance of Michelle Dore, a trusting Penny Huffling poo-pooed the accusation? Ricky Retardo would not hurt anyone. He's just a gardener. But the cops had other ideas, Timmy. Mm -hmm. Mike Garvey's boss, Robert Phillips, was called, and he remembered Garvey's account of Ricky's vomiting in the bathroom and his alibi. When he was not, when he was asked whether or not to bring him in, Phillips damn near exploded. Hayden Clark, absolutely, let's go. Get him in. That son of a bitch got away once, he shouted into the phone. Wow. He was very adamant about this. I don't like it. <clears throat> the cops called Hayden's voicemail number, but, you know, he was living in a truck. Mm-hmm. And Hayden called back almost immediately. He was pretty cool about the whole thing. No, he would not hey, come to the station no, yes. right now. He said he was going to bed in his truck. Well, they would have to wait until tomorrow. Time. Now, after the call, Haddon drove back to the church parking lot near Penny and Laura's house. He went into his truck, found a bloody pillowcase, ran into some woods that bordered the church. He threw the pillowcase near the base of a tree and went back to his truck, falling into a troubled sleep. Because he ain't like the colonel. The colonel sleeps the sleep of the innocent every night. Okay. He sleep like a baby. And even now why, you're facing murder charges. Do you in the know morning. why I can sleep that? Why? Like that way. And you too can sleep the sleep of the innocent. Your sins are forgiven. How can you sleep this? In, how? How can you sleep like a baby? How, Colonel? For fourteen ninety five a month, you can be a, subscribed to the Colonel's First Church of the Latter Day Colonel, mm-hmm. and you can sleep like a baby, knowing all your sins are forgiven. You could have chopped up a girl and buried her that day, but if you say I repent and give the Colonel fourteen ninety five a month, all is forgiven. Until you stop giving fourteen ninety five. Until you stop giving fourteen. And then it comes back. Then it comes back on Tenfold. you. Yeah. yeah. So you got to do this in perpetuity. Mm. So, that word again? In perpetuity. <laughs> <laughs> so when when Ricky Retardo arrives the next day, Haddon, for his he was escorted by Sue Snyder, the head of a local you know, homeless Sue. group. What the hell's Sue doing there? She's the head of a local homeless group. She's his advocate. She's his advocate. Uh, he I no. I assume he was dressed like a woman because it says here in the script the cops were gentle. Stroking his hair and entering, entering him gently. No, no, it doesn't say that. It does not say that, but it, it would be good if it said that. I probably, but it does yes. not. Okay, but the, it does say the cops were gentle. Mm-hmm. Partly because they had nothing to arrest him for, and partly because he was chaperone. Haddon, of course, had an alibi for everything except the time Laura was killed. Yeah, that's clutch. He was sleeping, he said, in his truck. 
When he left the station, he began crying, and Sue Snyder asked him why. When Laura failed to turn up, the local cops decided to do a complete search of the area. Mm. A dog from the feline unit came into the woods near Penny's house. A dog, a dog from the feline, feline unit? Why do they call it the canine unit if it's all dogs? We know it's a goddamn canine unit. Ain't no goddamn police cats. So why they call it the canine unit? It's just a dog unit. Okay. All right? All right, Carl. It's just redundancy. Redundancy bothers the colonel. It's like they're acting like I'm ignorant or something. A dog from the canine unit. Like you're stupid. Yeah, it ain't like like a moron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A dog from the let's see, a dog from the detective squad. A dog from the forensic lab. No, it's always the goddamn canine unit. It could be, could be a cadaver dog. It could be, or he could be dusting for prints with his fur. (laughs) He could be. So you don't know shit. Okay, maybe my, my outburst was uncalled Unnecessary. for. Unnecessary. Go yeah. ahead. But well, continue, please. A dog yeah. from the canine unit led them into the woods. The canine unit's dog. They boarded the bitch. church. Mm-hmm. There. And, you know, here's the whole thing, though, Timmy. They don't have a canine unit. It ain't like they have this whole, like, you walk in and there's all these dogs sitting behind the desk typing. Right, the computer, with a badge on. With badges. Yeah, and, drinking you know, coffee, smoking yeah. cigarettes. All <laughs> like, oh, here comes Sarge, you know. Yeah. No, they, they're in cages. There's no canine unit. It's just a canine unit. crew. Right. <laughs> Kennel. Yeah. It's a, but every time I hear canine unit, I think of a bunch of dogs sitting behind desks, right. typing on computers. I feel you, Kurt. Drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes. I feel you, buddy. Dog balls. Don't so know. anyway, the dog turned up one of Penny's bras. Hmm. A woman's blouse, a high heel shoe. How come you always? How come they always missing one shoe? Everybody uh, thinks they're Cinderella. And yeah. Laura's bloodied pillowcase. It's a Cinderella complex. Cinder fucking Rella. Taken to a lab, it was determined that the blood was the you same type of blood. cross-dressers always wear high heels. Why don't they ever wear they flats? They wear some flats. Why can't... It, it, you know what? Real women don't always wear high heels. Right. Here's the thing. Trans- do. Transgenders or cross-dressers or whatever. Oh, are you the expert on this Every now? once in a while, you could wear sensible shoes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Although, high heels, they you know, they do a well, long you leg... They make your butt stick out a little bit more. Now, if you're going to wear them, that's fine. They're wonderful for the cat. But from from the bus to the office, have you some sneakers? Put the back high heels in your back. But I'll tell you what, any any cross-dresser I've ever seen wearing high heels, they wear that shit out. Yeah, they do. I mean, they, they do. They, they know how to better. walk. It's like they, yeah. Yeah, I look like I a baby. I look that. like a baby deer when I wear high heels. <laughs> <laughs> well, the police got lucky, Timmy. Oh, thank God. There was a single fingerprint on the blood, mm. and the cops oh, hauled Ricky dang. Retardo right in there. Oh, no, but a blood a fingerprint on the pillowcase. Now, okay. see, here's where it gets confusing. Oh, okay. What did you do with Laura, a detective growled? Now, was this from the canine unit that was growling? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think dogs talk. Ah, what, what did you do with <laughs> He growled. So was it from the K9 unit? Was it just a did he? Okay, I just wanted to fuck the gruff, the, the gruff, the crime <laughs> dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. Right now, but gruff. Being that he's crazy and he has no, he just says, "I don't remember." Ugh. But despite this statement, I don't remember. Yeah, the cops let him go. Uh, <laughs> he didn't remember. They had they nothing know? to hold him on. Now, look me. 
Next few days, they got some search warrants and they examined his bank account and found a copy of the incriminating check the suspect had written to the hardware store. There you go. They also located his campsite, searched it, but didn't find Laura. Then, dun, 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 Timmy, Mm -hmm. the lab confirmed that it was Hayden's fingerprint on the bloody pillowcase. Mm. What is it? Dun, dun, that's that's a law and order. That's pretty snapping the door shut on him. The cops also found Haddon late that night sleeping in the back of his truck, his arms wrapped lovingly around a one-eyed teddy bear. Mm. Ew. Sounds adorable. Haddon would never see freedom again. What happened? Well, faced with overwhelming evidence, Timmy, even though there was nobody, he pled guilty to second degree. It was one of those body intellecti things. Mm-hmm. Indelicus Inde- or whatever. It's a Latin term for nobody, but well, why you're you guilty. Why don't you ask the guy who didn't pass the bar? Yeah. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so, they find the campsite, they search it, blah, In blah, extension. blah. No, that's well, when you're that's convicted. When, that, that's when they charge. That's when yeah, they try. No body. No, no, no. Well, then what is it? And that's when you're absent. Is when you're absent. When the body's absent. No, where, where it's, it's the body? when the suspect is absent. Okay, so when when the I don't know, body absent, it's what's when, it called? I don't know, but when the when the in absentia means you're not there to be tried. They try when you're not there. So, <clears throat> anyway, faced with overwhelming evidence, even though there was no body. And when you got a swollen tooth, that's in obsession. <laughs> he pled guilty to second-degree murder and received a 30-year sentence. Within days after his sentencing, he led the police, his lawyers, and the prosecutors to Laura's body. You know what? It was really fucked about it. This guy kills a six-year-old, right? Yeah. Then he kills this woman just graduated from Harvard. Right. Her mother works her whole life to send this girl to the finest schools. Yeah. She gets in the toughest school in the country, graduates... And then this motherfucker in a wig comes and... I know, fucks her up. Yeah. I wonder if they had to pay back the student loans. I don't know, Colonel. I would say think not. Well, Probably. so he leads the people Fuckers. to his body. Mm-hmm. But in prison, he made several key mistakes, Timmy. What kind of mistakes did he make in prison? He Colonel. dropped the soap. Um, well, he dressed like a woman, for one. That is a key mistake. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what, seriously, what mistakes did he make? Drop the soap. Corpus delecti, Timmy. Okay. Corpus delecti. Thank you, Colonel. Okay, that's the term. If you're missing a body, corpus delecta. Anyway, we, we had a local case of that a couple of years ago. Yep. We did. What was the name? People's name? Carrie Culberson. Yeah. He began boasting of his many murders, telling inmates in detail how he killed Michelle Dore, oh. Laura, and others. They don't like that in prison. The yeah, convicts when you kill who them. hated child killers and yep. who believed that informing on that might also get them early parole contacted the police. They were lining the fuck up to tell on that son of a bitch. In 1999, he was tried twice, Timmy. The first was for stealing from the Mahoney family, which netted him another 10 years. That's the family that he had cut up the dead fish and put the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and put the... Uh, booby trap the booby trap the house, kill the cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second was for the murder of Michelle Dore, where several of his fellow inmates testified against him. The cons were snitching on him. They do for not that, like he got another killers. 30 years. Now, one might think that an imprisoned Haddon Clark would then sink into obscurity. That's but what no. I would have thought. But instead, he convinced an FBI serial killing team that he might have murdered as many as a dozen other young women. He had to believe it. 
Between January and April 2000, he and his friend Jesus were escorted to several states, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey. He was walking with Jesus. He was in, I think he was in, in drag when he went when he went out. I, it does not say. Yeah, I think it, one of the conditions to for Oh, him, that's right. He had to be dressed as a woman. Yeah, yeah. he had to get a wig and stuff. He had to go out and drag or he oh, wouldn't show. So he he claims to throughout these states have murdered young women. To facilitate the search, um, they did visit a local Walmart where they purchased female clothes and a wig for him to wear while they searched. In the end, the search for bodies... he would not be caught dead in prison garb. No. Well, no, 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 no. And he had to have him some pretty hoes. Why did he have Jesus with him, though? Hmm? Well, well he's, he's, he's got thing. a friend in Jesus. Well, he had no, a friend I know. in Jesus, and he probably... He got the platinum package from the Colonel's Church. Mm-hmm. That's where you're not just forgiven for your sins, but Jesus actually walks with you all day. Okay, but my okay. question is, was he really with Jesus or was some, some yeah, guy named yes, Jesus? Yes, was uh, Jesus was Jesus. He, okay. he, another gardener so why named did Jesus, Jesus. Why did Jesus have to go with him? Uh, he, went, he wouldn't agree Somebody to got a dig. He was in a dress and heels. He wouldn't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so. It was part of his bargain with the cops. Jesus come with, with that him. Jesus come with him and that he get they buy him a wig. and trying to get a date. Yeah. Well, I think he got one. He, well, I think yeah, I think he was his uh, dance card was full for the next sixty years or so. Well, but it was a fruitless search, mm. partly because twenty years they passed. Any, they didn't find any fruit. Sand dunes shifted. Sites where Hayden claimed to have buried victims had been covered over with asphalt and were now strip malls. The police did find something that gave credibility to his claims of more victims. At the edge of his grandfather's former estate, they dug, dug up a large bucket that had 200 pieces of women's jewelry in it, mm. several of them belonging to the young, beautiful Laura. Hayden claimed the, to have taken the jewelry from each of his victims as souvenirs. He is now serving two consecutive 30-year sentences for murder and one 10-year sentence for theft at the Maryland Penitentiary. Thank God. And you can write him if you'd like. I'm good. Send him some panties. I have them. Mm-hmm. Pantygram. Prisonpinpow.com. Yeah. Ew. Uh, Brandy, what did you think of uh, the cross-dressing cannibal Hayden Clark? Again, he's a unicorn. You can get a cross-dresser. You can get a cannibal. But so rarely do you get both. Yeah, he's a trifecta. He's a real killer. treat. Yeah, yeah, a real treat. Thank you, uh, thank you to Carol for suggesting Hayden as a topic. Colonel, what did you think of Hayden Clark, the cross-dressing cannibal? He was an ugly woman, Timmy. He was an ugly woman. I mean, if you're going to cross-dress, and I ain't got nothing against cross-dressing. Because occasionally I, you've you been see known a to do it yourself a little bit. I don't make a very good woman, but uh, no. I've seen some cross dressers who are lovely. Yeah. And, but he was ugly one. He gave cross dressers a bad name to me, and no. I, I, I don't approve of that. No, I'm sorry, Colonel. Well, I mean, I think if you're going to be a cross dresser, at least, and if you're going to wear pumps, don't walk around all clunky and with your with your with. <laughs> and the, if you're going to wear a wig, make sure it's on right. Yeah, oh, his wig was probably yeah. always. Side. I mean, how are you going to keep a good outfit when you're living in the back of a truck? Right, it's hard. You know what I mean? You can't fix your makeup, yeah, right? You may save a, a few truck. bucks on the showers. I mean, you may save a few bucks, but you won't be able to shower. And there ain't nothing worse than a cross dresser with bad hygiene. No. Yeah. Um, you, you can cannibalize, murder, do whatever you want, but you cross-dress in a bad hygiene—that's an unforgivable thing. Yeah, Brandy, 
Where can people find us? You can find us at... uh, Find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two pages on Facebook. We have the History Dweebs page where we post a lot of history-related stuff. And then we have uh, one dedicated, just a page just dedicated just to the podcast itself called History Dweebs, the podcast uh, Facebook group. Uh, Join us over there. We have a lot of fun. Where else? You can find us on Twitter. Twitter at History Dweebs 1. iTunes. iTunes. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. That's how other people find us. And you can find us on uh, Stitcher and Lipson. Yes. And Patreon. 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 Yes. You think that comes from, like, the patron saint? I don't know, but we would, um, uh, if you are uh, interested in donating to the show and be a, if you want to become a friend to the show, um, please visit us on patreon.com slash historyweeps. We have a page there set up. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up, Colonel? Um, I, think we're, I think we're right where we need to be, Timmy. All right. Uh, any final word of wisdom for Team Colonel? Well, I, I and you know, I, I'm glad you said that because I believe I neglected Kim Taylor. Kim Taylor and, and Scott. And Scott. Scott, yeah. The two leaders of Team Colonel. Yeah. You don't want to neglect them. Do you have any shout outs for Andy before we go? My people know. Okay. And a shout out to Casey. And, uh, join us again, Casey, soon for. Her. And you know what I, I'm thinking is if there was only. Brandy's kind of, you know how like this person had a normal family, mm-hmm. normal kid in the family, mm-hmm. and then Brandy, Casey's the normal one, Brandy would be the serial killer, cat killer, oh, right. cross-dresser. You're, right, you're fucking yeah. mine. Never mind the fact that I got a whole other brother that you Ka- don't know. I know, but Casey's normal, and you're not. Casey's not normal. No, Casey's a Casey's lovely man. A, yeah, he seems very normal to me. He's really not. Well, All right. Um, you can't even put up the appearance of normal. At least he can do it for an hour. Yeah. Casey, join us for a podcast soon. All right, that's it for now, and we'll see you all again next time on History Dweeds. Good day, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. 
Code Program.